Blog Talk Radio. Firefly Willows L.I.V.E. presents The Amethyst Oracle, Divination with a Queer Twist, featuring your hosts, Heisey Luckmers and Charlie Harrington. The Amethyst Oracle. Delve into life, death, and everything betwixt between and beyond. Between and beyond. Between and beyond. With a clear twist. The Amethyst Oracle. Divination with a queer twist. And now, here are your hosts, Charlie Harrington and Heisey Wittenberg. Welcome to the Amethyst Oracle. This is Hi C. Thank you for joining us this evening. I will be joined shortly by my co-host, Charlie Harrington, who is traveling this week, but he will be joining us in just a couple of minutes for our interview with Bill. And we're very excited because Bill has a new product coming out to the market called the Dynamic Spreads Deck, which I'm sure you will find both interesting and useful. And whether you are a novice or an expert of many, many years, you will find that it offers something new to add dimension to the way that you do readings. I just wanted to remind everyone that you can always Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash theamethystoracle. We're happy to have you like the page there, as well as to engage in the conversation. If you have comments, questions, insights, input, if we do techniques or readings and you happen to pull cards or have additional insights about cards that we've pulled, we're always happy to hear that so everyone can benefit from the multiplicity of insights. And I will just remind you also that you can always find archives of our shows from the past, uh, either on Blog Talk Radio at blogtalkradio.com slash fireflywillowslive, or on iTunes, just do a quick search for either the Amethyst Oracle or Firefly Willows Live, and they are all underneath the Firefly Willows Live podcast there as well for your listening, downloading, and subscribing pleasure. So without further ado, I think that we will move right into our conversation with Bill, and I will get Charlie on the line here, and I hope that you enjoy this conversation about the new Dynamic Spreads deck. Historical is excited to welcome to the show B.K. Reichel, creator of the Dynamic Spreads Deck, which offers anyone from novice to expert reader the ability to create quick custom spreads for deep focused divination and oracle readings. B.K. Reichel has spent his entire adult life working on making complex processes and software easy to understand and easy to use. He spends much of his time reading books on metaphysics, psychology, creativity, and self-improvement, as well as the latest scientific information on how the brain works and its impact on personal and social behavior. He worked with other divination systems before deciding to begin the journey of learning the tarot and how it can help bring about positive changes in a person's life. He's happily performed readings on city sidewalks, restaurants and bars, and even a proper table in the quiet confines of a home. 
You can find out more about the Dynamic Spreads deck and BK Reichel by visiting the website www.dynamicspreads.com. So please join Heisey and Charlie in welcoming to the Amethyst Oracle, BK Reichel. So welcome to the show, Bill, and thank you very much for joining us tonight. Charlie and I are very excited to have you here because we get to be part of the debut of your new deck that no one has seen yet except us. It still has new deck smell. I've been huffing (laughs) since I got here. Well, thank you. It's uh, great to be here, and uh, I appreciate you having me on on your show. So, Bill, tell us. How, what was the genesis of the Dynamic Spreads deck? How, where, where did this germ of an idea come from? Sure, that's a good question. Um, when I was uh, first starting with Tarot, I was trying to find a good spreads for different kinds of really specific types of readings that I wanted to do. And I had uh, read a bunch of books on... Uh, spreads and did a lot of research. Um, I printed out copies of different things and I found out that it was uh, really time consuming to kind of find that right spread when you wanted it. You know, an event would occur and there's a particular way in which you want to pose a set of questions and it was uh, time consuming for me to find that right spread. So I started taking um, index cards and writing down a variety uh, type of of uh, positions that I might put together in various ways so that I could quickly create something on the fly. And the more I did that, the more it, it became uh, a little bit more filled up and, and, and robust. And then I think it was, actually, <coughs> I think I misstated in the book and said it was Reader Studio 2010, but it was Reader Studio 2011 that I went to and kind of showed a, a prototype of it to, um, to some of the folks there. And with a, this kind of notion of, do you think this would, other people would find this helpful? And I received such uh, incredible feedback that I thought, you know what, maybe this is something that other people would really enjoy and I should try to productize it. So this is basically the Kama Sutra of the Tarot. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all, the, all the great positions, positions that are all laid yeah. out for you. So now, <laughs> people know when they open a tarot deck, what they're getting, they're going to get 78 pictures of cards with little keywords and things. But a dynamic spread deck, when they look through the cards, what are they going to find? find? Uh, yes. Well, I divided up the cards into three primary groups. Um, the, the central themes, so I have a category of cards. Uh, they have their own color. Uh, um, actually, all of the categories are uh, placed in a recipe-style box with uh, d- divider tabs. And the three main areas, uh, it's the theme, so it's kind of a general topic of what it is that you're reading about. Um, And then uh, explore, which is sort of going a little bit deeper into that. And then conclusion, which is, um, you know, kind of what, um, you know, how, how do we want to wrap up this reading? Where should you go from there? That type of thing. Within the uh, explore section, I have that divided up into a few subcategories, such as exploring group interactions, if the issue is around uh, dealing with uh, one or more people, exploring yourself, that type of thing. Okay. So there's the themes mm-hmm. cards. Then there's the explore section, which is broken down into four different types of cards? Yes. And then there's a conclusions mm-hmm. set of cards. Exactly. And in the explore section, there's four. the four different ones are actions, group interactions, and considerations. Uh, considerations and then me. Right. <laughs> and so the physical, what do you get when you look at them? You have uh, the cards are sort of meant to be laid horizontally and you will have either one statement, for example, one of the explore cards is, what will I get if I just ask? Mm-hmm. Or two um, typically opposing 
sort of positional statements. For example, I picked one that says do and don't do. So you would lay this down on your table. Isn't that a good sound? <laughs> you lay that down on your, your table, and you would have the positions in front of you, and you could mix and match. That's why it's the dynamic spreads deck. Now, normally, like a spread book, you would get your list of spreads. This is like having all of those components that you can sort of mix and match in front of you. So you have your do and don't do from that was an explore actions. But then you can also take a look at exploring group interactions and put right next to it the next part of the spread. So um, the, the one I happened to pick at random was how I impact the self-esteem of Blank. Now, you have a lot of fill-in-the-blanks. What are the fill-in-the-blanks for in the deck? Yeah, that, that's a great question. I realize that there's a lot of uh, questions that are going to be specific to um, a, a particular situation, such as this one where there might be someone in your life that there, there are some issues occurring, and you know that some people have said that you have a more um, dominant type of, of personality. And so this question uh, poses, you know, how, how might I be impacting the self-esteem of, uh, and then you, you, you fill in the blank for, for who that is. So I, uh, I provide in the, uh, the recipe style box uh, a set of post-it type notes, sticky notes, that you can um, attach and, and write on that. And I think what's nice about the cards with the blanks is they allow, what the cards help you to do is to focus, but then the blank allows it to not be limited. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it helps to hone in on what that position needs to be about, but you still get to be the one that chooses where to take it or what that particular moment is going to be about rather than trying to make it fit what a card says. Right. And another thing that I notice as I go through the different cards that are included is that there's a kind of an interesting mixture of things you would traditionally find in a tarot spread. For example, do and don't do is something that you might see someone lay out. But then there's things I've never seen before in a tarot spread. So for example, one of them in the ex uh, actions set is a card for lead paired with a card for follow which is something I hadn't thought of. Um, another one that um, we'll get to later, which I thought was interesting, was um, my words say versus my actions say. So I think that if it was, if all the cards were things that I'd never heard of before, it might be too abstract for me to like think of that as a tarot um, spread tool, but I like that there's this mixture of sort of traditional without being so basic, why I even put it, but and, and unusual sort of think outside the, the proverbial I love that you said that because that's exactly what I tried to do. So I, I looked at a lot of common spreads out there and I included a lot of uh, these uh, positions that, that you would find in, in a lot of spreads today. Um, I think in part because there, there's some great things to look at, right? Uh, but in addition to that, I wanted to go uh, beyond that. And so what I called upon for uh, creating some of these other positions is the interest that I've had through the years on how we can grow as a person, how can we look at our lives holistically um, and and make the best kind of you know uh, person that you can be, which also includes this sort of um, social interaction with whether it be um, in a work environment or in your own um, uh, love relationship or, or what have you. And so I pulled from a, a lot of different sources that have helped me through the years in trying to be a better person um, to, to put those into uh, the, these positions so that um, you know, my, my intent was to create a set of positions that would broaden the reach that we normally do within the, or we normally see within the tarot community. And I think it also challenges people, especially readers that have been reading for a while and may be used to either um, looking spreads up or even if they create their own spreads. But I think there's a tendency to start to fall into this pattern or this mm -hmm. rut of these are the spreads I always go back to or these are the basically the, the positions that I generally use for this kind of question. And something like this really helps to shake people out of that rut because it may 
especially if you're drawing the cards randomly to create the spread, mm -hmm. it may suddenly create a, a, a way of looking at it that you normally wouldn't think of. Yeah. Uh, you know, because some people have particular positions and things as saying, okay, it's a love question or a relationship question, so here's the spread or, uh, that I normally go to, here are the positions I normally use, and suddenly this deck may throw in some completely different position that they never think of to look at from a relationship reading perspective mm -hmm. that can open up that ability to approach and to think about things and sometimes draw out information in ways that may be very different but very needed that may be getting overlooked when we're always looking at it from the same perspective. Very right. And I think there's, all, there's a tendency when you're reading, especially with group interactions. Um, Which we probably yeah. could say that that's, uh, that's, that's our preference. That's for Charlie and I. If you anyway, look us up on Craigslist, yeah. you're always down for group interactions. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there's a tendency when there's the other involved, and you, you have your client, to sort of take their side. And everything is about their journey as the hero of this reading. And what I like about this is um, some of the cards are about... What will this, especially the ones that are paired um, at cards with uh, dynamic deck spread cards with two different item, uh, positions on them, it will help you see your client in a greater context. Like, how are my, what are my boundaries that are healthy? What are my unhealthy boundaries was one of them we saw. And I thought that is it's very easy to get really on the side of it. You're, you're for your client's success, but it's, I thought that was helpful for saying. Well, and having this deck, it, it allows, um, it, it, it's almost like it gives you the permission to play devil's advocate to mm -hmm. the client rather than having to be the client's cheerleader. And because the card came up for the position, the client isn't going to look at you and think, well, how come you're challenging me so much? It's kind of yeah. like, well, but this is the card that came up to say this is how I need to ask the question. You know, it's it's, it's kind of like, here's a weird example, Cards Against Humanity. It's a, you, you, If anyone's played it, you get to, you get these horrible, horrible, uh, oh, you get like these horrible questions with horrible, horrible answers that no one would feel comfortable just saying to each other, but because you draw the card, you know, it gives you permission to play that card, yeah. like to say the sexist or racist thing, because you didn't say it's the card, right? <laughs> so, I'm, you know, it does, it does give you permission, and also, like you're saying, like I personally fall into the rut of always trying to be a technician reader, and okay, what's the action? What do you take? How do you solve the problem? And using some of these spreads that, that I'm not more familiar with would help me kind of go deeper with the situation and see maybe more causes and effects and more emotional considerations. And it seems as if the, 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 the universe is saying now is the time for this kind of deck, maybe because it thinks that tarot readers have gotten kind of complacent or a little bit you know, stuck in that rut in general. Um, because we're seeing, you know, uh, recently there was also the deck of a thousand spreads that came out, which is a similar kind of uh, concept. You know, so it seems as if this is something that is needed. Um, and I, were you surprised by the Deck of a Thousand Spreads to see that there was something else coming out that was similar to the idea that you had, or did you already know about that deck? Um, it's interesting. Um, I, I didn't know uh, that that was in the air and that somebody else was doing it as well. Uh, Tierney, um, she's great. We, we've been talking about this. And um, so it, clearly the, the idea was up there in the air. She was doing it at the same time that I was doing it. Um, she actually got hers out to market much quicker than, than uh, I was definitely the turtle um, <laughs> in the process. And uh, so um, I, I think that's really interesting when that kind of thing happens. Um, and and I, I feel like I've, we see that sometimes in the mm -hmm. tarot community. All of a sudden there's a flood of... Vampire decks. Yeah, or, or something. Know, decks. Or like Mary Green and Rachel Pollock thinking, making us rethink like what tarot can be used psychologically or something like right. that at that period of time. So what the tarot gods are saying is that the Celtic cross must be destroyed. <laughs> You're willing to say that, right, Bill? <laughs> okay. so, it's time to issue a fatwa. <laughs> but one thing that I would like to, to say for um, 
maybe part of the reason why the other deck came out quicker is because you decided, so that came out through uh, Llewellyn, U.S. Games? Uh, Llewellyn, yes. Yeah. Llewellyn. So, so it came out through one of the big publishers, and you decided to go the self-published route. Uh, yes. So can you just maybe tell us a little bit of what led you to that decision and, and how that process has exactly. been for you? I'm imagining that you have the idea in your head, the thing that's going to solve all the problems, and then two weeks later it's probably available for two-day shipping on Amazon. How accurate is that? Yeah, you know what? When I first started this, I thought, eh, four to six months, it's out the door from start to finish. <laughs> um, and that was 2010. <clears throat> Yeah. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. So, um, I w- there was a, a publisher that that I met when uh, I was at Reader Studio that said that they would like to to work with this, and I thought about it, uh, and I decided to self-publish because I really wanted, if nothing else, one time in my life to kind of create. Um, a physical something uh, that I felt some passion towards and to do it the way that I envision it without having to worry about um, anyone saying, no, we can't do this or we can't do that. Um, And initially, I actually thought that I would be able to do this also on a budget that would um, earn me a profit as well. But um, because of a, a few things that happened along the way and, and trying to, I, what I was, one of the things that I was focusing on so much with regards to the, the final product, uh, be, besides what I spoke to already about the cards not only um, applying itself towards uh, positions and common spreads today, but, but also going beyond that. So that was the part related to you know what the positions were all about. But I also... I wanted it inside of a kind of uh, packaging where, you know, on on one hand you could have your favorite tarot deck which might be in a box or in your favorite bag or whatever, Um, and so that you don't have all these other little things. I wanted a a, a nice uh, box that my cards would be held in that would make it easy to find things, so that was the whole bit about the the tab dividers and and the, the use of the different colors. Um, because of the uh, fill in the blank, uh, I, I wanted the, the sticky notes to be able to fit in there. There's a place to hold a pen or a pencil in there. You know, I wanted this really nice something that you would enjoy looking at, uh, holding. Um, you, you know, you, you wouldn't be ashamed to have it on your your tarot deck or your your tarot desk when when a client comes over. Mm. Um, uh, uh, one of the things that one of the issues in trying to do this along the way and my inexperience that I brought to it was I, I thought that the, the little booklet that I wanted to have come with it would fit inside that small box as well. And at the last um, stage of this whole process, it, it, it came out that I would need to have that in a bigger format. So I had to have a box created to actually house both those things. I want to give uh, full and free permission to everyone who who ends up purchasing this to throw the big box away. Just keep the small, little, cute one, and uh, and, and the manual, and, uh, and and off you go. Right on. So, and and when will it actually be available for yeah. purchase? Actually, and and where? <laughs> at, at present, it's now um, just available at at two places. Um, one is my own website, which is uh, dynamicspreads.com, mm-hmm. and uh, the other is Devera, uh, Devera Publishing. Can you spell that? Uh, D-E-V-E-R-A uh-huh. Publishing, um, and they are, uh, are warehousing the product. They're fulfilling it. They're also doing wholesale orders. If anyone has a store and they want to uh, uh, purchase some copies for, for resale, uh, and eventually, uh, actually, Probably pretty soon it'll also be available on Amazon as well. So I know it took a lot longer um, and that there were higher costs, but I really am very thankful that you went the self-publishing route because um, I like that sites like Game Crafter have the ability to quickly and on-demand make tarot products available, but there's such a um, there's such a, a sacrifice in terms of quality. Um, and not that I, I don't enjoy the products I've gotten from Game Crafter, but you know some, some things are printed off center. When it comes, the box doesn't necessarily fit the cards, you know, and that can cause some wear and tear on them. And I really, um, I know this doesn't really work for radio, but these are very sumptuous 
cards. I mean, card tarot readers are always and forever harping about um, uh, cardstock quality and lamination and things. And the colors are lovely. It's got a very nice cardstock, very well laminated. And um, the style, you know, I, I want to ask you about the design. Kind of reminds me of if I went in, in the 1930s into like kind of a fabulous movie house mm-hmm. of that period, and I sort of saw this like in the marquee or something like. What, what what's the or like I don't know sort of gold plated special box for like the Daddy Warbucks kind of big figure. Like what what was your art direction about with the cards? Uh, well, I the designer that I work with who who did this. Um, he's in Bosnia Herzegovina. And I told him in terms of direction that I wanted something to feel sumptuous. I wanted it to feel like some of the, the, the images that you might have seen in, in older uh, decks, you know, playing card decks, and I think that's where this almost sort of crown feeling mm-hmm. um, comes from as well. And I think he did a great job of, of, of capturing that. Very cool. And if somebody was asking you your advice of whether they should try to self-publish something that they are thinking of doing? Would you tell them to run with it, or would you gently talk them down off the ledge? Run screaming. Uh, (laughs) What would would you say, yeah? What's your advice for someone thinking about making a tarot product? I would have them think really long and hard about it. Uh, Make sure that there is this... a deep enough passion inside of them to be able to see it all the way through because um, while I've never had a baby before, <laughs> I've never given birth. Um, but with those hips, I can't imagine why you haven't. Those baby-bearing hips. You <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I, I've heard from many women that um, as much as they they hear that it's going to be worse than you imagine, uh, and, and even if they hear that over and over again, I understand that the actual experience of it is always even even worse. <laughs> even worse than that. Um, I'm turn still, off your iPod, listeners. Turn them, turn them off. <laughs> in, in part, it's because of. Uh, so, if you're doing a tarot deck, I think you would go through completely different types, types of, or you would um, elude some of the challenges that I had. For example, mm-hmm. I had to go through the process of creating uh, packaging that is is unique and specified just to to, to what I wanted. I went to. Um, a well-known uh, publishing intermediary um, <clears throat> that uh, some of the big uh, companies, major publishing uh, companies use uh, for for printing and producing as well. And so I was able to uh, go through this process of uh, specifying you know, what exactly I want through paper drawings. <laughs> um, and I think uh, somebody creating a tarot deck wouldn't have that challenge. But of course, they would have the challenge of you know, artwork on Sarnia cards. It's a lot, a lot of work. Um, but every step along the way, and also I, I wanted to do the, the whole uh, business side of it properly, I guess you could say. Um, and so I went through a lot of steps that I think uh, not everyone would go through, and, and each one was a major hurdle. But the impo- self-empowerment that I gained from it, you know, in, in retrospect, sort of, I guess it's that sort of after the birth and the pain of it, you can, <laughs> um, you, you sort of gone through that, now you're on the other side and you can look back and you can say, okay. Worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I have absolutely no regrets. I'm glad I went the way that I went. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't change anything really, honestly, um, especially because of knowing what I did at the time. Uh, I think the only thing that I would do differently in the future is to look at the costs more closely. Mm-hmm. So now that you are bringing your baby to market in physical form, can we expect an an app version of it anytime soon. I can imagine how extremely handy-dandy useful and beloved that would be. I know this is going to sound crazy, but uh, it's only been recently that I've even thought of what will I do once it's available for sale. Like, there's these other things that one needs to do, such as 
market it or let people know that it exists. <laughs> and I literally in my mind, I, I, I took myself up to the point where it exists and it could be purchased, and then like there was no future after that. I just didn't see anything beyond that. So I have not... It's a very interesting question. haven't given it one thought until now. I mean, I think it'd be great because you bring up the app. You just say, you know, create spread, and then all of a yes. sudden it pulls from each of the categories and randomly creates the spread for you. And that way, even if you don't have the cards on hand, you can still create a spread on the fly rather yeah. than falling back to that rut mm-hmm. of a familiar spread you always use. And then maybe someday the sequel. Oh. You know, because a product that, you know, has different categories, there's infinite number of categories out there that you're thinking of now that it's out. So we're just, I we're just actually, planting that seed. No, that's great. And that, that is that actually is something I had thought about when I envisioned this thing being out there. I not only saw people who do tarot uh, purchasing this, but I saw this being used in other kinds of environments such as uh, you know, when groups of people get together at conferences and such, like you know, a women's group um, dealing with a variety of women's issues, that maybe there could be a, a pack of positions that are geared specifically for that type of, uh, of event that could be um, put together to support people who've never done any uh, type of divination before, um, but could really pull just from a place of, of uh, creativity and brainstorming uh, using a combination of uh, some kind of um, easily accessible divination cards plus these positions. So, yeah, I th- that the, the, the different packs and things like that. So did you find that... Um did you find it more difficult to come up with what you thought was an adequate number of um, categories, cards, and words and things to use for the, the positions? Or did you find that you had way too many and you had to pare it down? I pared down. I, I had more positions, and I also had some experimental pieces in there as well that uh, were actually, actually I thought were really uh, quite interesting and fun, but can I, you give us an example? One that didn't make the cut, but we thought was very fun and interesting. Yes, one of them was um, where am I at in this process? So, the, uh, speaking to um, an issue, let's say that you're going through um, uh, some kind of uh, problem or even a uh, a project that you're you're trying to get from A to Z, and the idea was that you would use only the the pip cards, and uh, AKA the minor arcana for yes. people that aren't as familiar with that word for the people that's Hodak listening and pull uh, pull from those uh, from those cards as as a way of establishing kind of where you know where you are in that scale so for example uh, you know pulling the seven would indicate you're, you're further along in that process um, you know moving more towards completion as opposed to you know at the earlier stages hmm yeah well and you saying that I mean I could see how you could do like a, a sequel to the deck that could be specifically focused just on self-development self-meditation self you know work and yeah. so everything in the deck is specifically geared towards things that prompt that and work on that uh, level of things. Yeah, I th- um, that that reminds me of when uh, when I was at Reader Studio, one of uh, the professional this is my full time job uh, folks that I uh, shared this with. Um, I you know I, I said, what do you you know think of this? And they were going through it and. Whereas uh, they had their kind of you know tried and true you know this really works for me my, the spreads that I do with, with my clients um, whether they're positional or non-positional um, but what they said was man this is something I want for me something to explore myself um, that would you know get myself uh, in, in looking in different directions that I haven't been looking at so. I, I, I sort of love that because uh, a couple things. I think both, you know, somebody who's 
really has their way down pat, uh, which is great, you know, from all these years of experience, sort of, this is what works for me, I don't need to change something that, that hasn't been broken, but yet saw this could be something useful for themselves, and uh, I, 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 yeah, I just love that. And now, since diviners are used to pulling cards all willy-nilly from a deck, AKA random. Oh, or, or random. <laughs> I don't believe in the random high seat, but I do believe in Willie Nilly. Oh, right. I believe in the Willie Nilly. <laughs> I bought both of their albums. But no, um, what I, I, I know that some readers don't pre select the position. So they pull cards for the positions and then they pull cards from their tarot deck um, to create that reading. Was that something that was unexpected for you? or? No, that was something that I, I did for myself as well. Uh, b- before I even, before this was even, a, uh, I had thought about productizing it. I was sometimes taking some of the positions and just pulling them at random. And uh, w- one of my my favorite experiences around that was pulling, uh, you know, one of the cards at, at random. I was going through some uh, uh, health issues at the at the time, and um, that this particular uh, topic was very relevant for that, that that came up. I did a reading on that, and it was uh, really uh, interesting for me and helpful. It's, and I wanted to do another uh, reading, so I, I pulled another card at random, and it was the same theme card. And I thought at first, well, that's you know uh, strange and not helpful. I just did this, but I thought, okay, I'll you know I'll run with it, and. The reading that uh, the second reading was essentially a continuation and almost like a um, the the the, the uh, you know sort of like the the first half of the story and then the the second uh, half of the story and without the two together it w- wouldn't have been as uh, useful to me uh, so it was as if the tarot had more to say and uh, I was going to make sure that I heard it. And if you're curious to hear what using this deck is like in action, then you'll want to certainly stay tuned because after the break and after we finish our conversation with Bill for this portion of the show, he has graciously agreed to stay with us for just a while longer. And for our Living the Queer Life segment, we're actually going to put the Dynamic Spreads deck to use and use it to help us see what it is that we need to be hearing and uh, living by. Uh, for the next month. So um, just thought I would toss that in because you have that to look forward to just a little bit later in the show. So you, you mentioned showing it to somebody at Reader's Studio, which just for anybody listening, if they don't know, is a, an annual gathering of tarotists and diviners, I suppose, in New York, uh, which is put on by the Tarot School, uh, Ruth and uh, Ruth Ann and Amber, no, um, Wald Amberstone. Wald Amberstone. Um, and so you've taken it there and shown it. I'm just curious how much you've kind of taken it out to be previewed by people and what the most surprising reaction or the most surprising way you've seen it used has been that you hadn't even anticipated until other people got their hands on it. Because it's so new... Uh, I, I haven't actually had a, a chance yet to see people uh, using it in action, and I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, I'm actually going to be, and I just realized I haven't mentioned this to anyone yet, but... Um, you heard it here first, people, an exclusive right here there you on go. the Amazon Story. I'm, uh, I'm going to be doing a workshop on this at, at uh, this year's BATS, uh, the Bay Area Terror Symposium, and... Um, there'll be some interesting exercises that, that we'll be doing with these cards and that will be a chance to, um, that, that will be one up, one opportunity for me to see some people using this um, in action. But what I have seen in both the prototypes and in the creation of this, uh, or, or a- after it was created, is what it means to people who don't know anything about tarot and where we sit down, myself as the reader and, and they uh, as, as the queer, uh, co-create a spread together. So um, 
one question, I'm talking about people who not only do they not know anything about tarot, but haven't even necessarily uh, uh, come for a reading. So you might be at a, a party or something like that, and somebody says, oh, well, Bill, blah, 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 and, and, uh, and they come over and say, yeah, you know, I'd like, I'd like a reading. And one of the first questions out of their mouth is kind of, well, what, what am I supposed to ask, or what am I supposed to, you know, what, what do I do, how do we do this? And so I use this uh, deck of spread positions to walk them through. For example, I might say, oh, you know, is there something either work-related or, or um, some kind of project you're working on or anything that, that you might want to uh, talk about? And so they would mention that, and so that would bring out the, the, the theme. And then um, from there, I would just sort of rough rifle through some of the different positions and give them more than what we might need, but give them a, a few to, to hold on to. And I, and I would say, you know, what kind of questions here might you want to ask about this? And they're like, ooh, oh, I like this. And, and so they would, you know, pull out the ones that they like. And so now um, in, in their mind, they... Um, they're very much now involved in the, in the whole process and have created something that addresses their specific needs and it's coming from them. So they're very much involved mm. in it. And then we step through, um, you know, then we, we do the reading and uh, it's, it's just, for me, it just feels brilliant the way that their eyes sort of light up and they get to understand more of what it's all about. When it's all done, we take a picture so they have both the names of the, the spread positions plus the cards, and it gives them um, something to to ruminate about and to um, you know go over again when when they get back home. I would think it's also really uh, a useful tool, especially for tarot readers. That oftentimes people get a little they get they kind of freeze when the the person that they're doing a reading for says. Well, I don't have a specific question. Just you know, I just want a general reading. Right. And and for tarot readers, a lot of times I've seen them kind of freeze up because it's like, well, yeah, I, I know what spread to use or I know what to do if I have a question to focus it on. Yeah. But how do I decide what to do if it's just a general thing? And having this deck, if nothing else, they could just even randomly pull a theme card. Exactly. To suddenly say, well, what theme needs to be addressed right now in this person's life, and let's just go from there. So it's also a really great tool I think for being able to do that yeah and, I, and letting people edit it seems like you pull out some that you think are interesting and letting them edit which things make it into the spread it tells you what's important to them what, what, you know, what are they looking for because sometimes you read for someone and you're going on and on and on about their, their, like their, their sense of self and they just want to know what they want to do <laughs> next you know, or vice versa and um, it also shows you what is not a space they're willing to look at, like if it was um, how, I, how I impact the self-esteem of like, the other person in the situation they might not. If they push that card aside, that, that tells you something as a reader about who you're reading for. Just, you know. Right. No, exactly. So remind us again when it will be available or it's available now, people can order it now? Yes, you can actually, um, as of very recently, you can order it now, um, you can actually pay for it, get it chipped, received it, uh, on my website, dynamicspreads.com, or at deverapublishing.com, and uh, at some point soon, it'll also be available on Amazon. And if, you, if people are interested in attending the workshops that you will be doing for BATS, which is the Bay Area Tarot Symposium, which is taking place in August, uh, then they can just go to daughtersofdivination.com yes. or .org. It's dodivination.com. Uh, yeah, dodivination.com. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that will have, because Daughters of Divination is who puts it on, so you can find all the information out about uh, the when, the where, the what, the how much, and <laughs> be registered for that to come and experience a brand new deck with the person who created it as it's being pushed out of the placenta into the world practically for its first cotillion (laughs) (laughs) so well we will go ahead and say of course thank you to Bill for joining us for this portion of the show but as we mentioned he's going to stick around for the next segment see what living the queer life means for us and how we need to be doing that in this coming month and uh, we'll also remind you that if you would like to receive a reading during the show, 
uh, you can do that after the Living the Queer Life segment. And if you'd like to get into the queue for that, you can do that by either Skyping in from the show page or you can call 646-716-5510 and get in the queue for that and you will have your chance for a reading live right here on the air with Charlie and I um, just a little bit later. So stay tuned and we will be back momentarily for our Living the Queer Life segment and you will get to hear the Dynamic Spreads deck in action. Listening to the Amethyst Oracle Divination with a Queer Twist with hosts Hi C and Charlie Harrington on Firefly Willows L I V E. Find out more at Facebook.com slash the Amethyst Oracle. And we are back for our monthly look at Living the Queer Life, our guide to your guide for Living authentically, I think, is probably the best way of summing it up. Living authentically as as our queerest queerest self for the month. As you can be legally and without a prescription. (laughs) So we have uh, chosen the positions for this spread using the Dynamic Spread deck. And we have uh, selected, so our, our, our topic is the area of life in need of attention. By our communities at this time. And that we chose from the themes section. Mm-hmm. And then from group interactions, which we've described as enjoying thoroughly, <laughs> um, we have a card, it's a pairing. On one half is my words say, and the other pairing is my actions say. So how are people perceiving us? And then um, that was exploring group interactions. Now exploring actions, like, personally, that people can take in their lives. Uh, we chose one that has, in this situation, remember, and in this situation, forget. And we'll be reading today with the lovely Mary L. Arrow. That's true. Um, Beautiful duck. It's gorgeous, but you might not be familiar with it, so we will try to be as descriptive as possible, but you might have to Google image search stuff. So. Uh, all right. So the area of life in need of attention in order to live a queer life is the star. The star. It just makes you feel good to be able to say that's the card that came oh, up. Thank God it was for the theme of the month. It's the blessings from the divine. It's your capacity for healing. It's the letting go of that which does not serve. This deck depicts the star as a lovely radiant red-haired woman in a red dress, sort of stepping out of what looks to be flame. No, people? Multitudes. There's multitudes. They're red, so I thought I could be forgiven for thinking they were flames. But uh, below her are multitudes of people, and she rises above them, and she has a six-pointed star on her dress. I'm reminded vaguely of Phoenix from the X-Men with her little red trench coat that she's got on. And red hair. It's sort of like the oversoul for a community, for a group, right? I don't know. What, were your, what, what would you think, Bill? What would that say is the theme for the month for being able to be our full, authentic, queer selves? Well, I think within the context of the position, which is area of life in need of attention, um, we see the, the masses, essentially, on, on the bottom of the card. 
And then there's this beautiful, uh, fully formed, fully authentic, um, tall, uh, wonderful woman. And I, I think it's a point of um, both aspiration to, to be here, but also to see and think about what it is that um, you need to do in order to be uh, your, your fullest self. That, that you can be. So I think, um, you know, putting it again into context, it's about what area in your life do you need to look at that is not getting the kind of attention regarding that bigger you uh, that, that wants to be seen and wants to be uh, materialized and, and felt. Mm. And it makes me think of we're, we're nearing the end of a very difficult astrological period for the year in mid-July. And, you know, the star to me sometimes represents that light at the end of the tunnel. It says to hold on to hope or remain optimistic. And so I think one area of attention or, or the area of attention we need to pay attention to in ourselves is especially where we feel we've lost hope or that things have just gotten so dark and to stay focused on the light at the end of the tunnel, rather than worrying about what has happened and where we've come from, rather than getting lost in where we are in this moment as if it's never going to change, because change always comes about sometimes on its own. Sometimes we have to be a part of that process of change. Um, but the nice thing with the star card is it's like the universal neon sign. And it says, if you're unsure, focus on where the signs are blinking at you because there will be indications, signs, omens, even if it seems random or weird, pay attention to it, follow it, and use that to set your course, and you'll find that things will move along and, and improve or at least feel as if there is progress being made as a result. Um, of course, the star always makes us think of wishing on a star and getting what we're hoping and wishing for. Uh, and I would say that one thing to focus on this year the area to focus on is either where have you forgotten how to wish or hope for things? Where have you given up hoping and wishing? And come back to what your true wishes and hopes and desires are because the star card says you're going to get what you wish for. So be really careful <laughs> what you wish for. So really pay attention to how you're phrasing your intentions, your wishes, your hopes. Make sure that you are actually hoping for what you really want rather than what you think you're supposed to hope or wish for. And that will help to keep you on course and move you towards where you need to be and where you will likely be happier rather than where you think you're supposed to be. So our next grouping is my words say, my actions say, and let's take them as a pair here. My words say temperance. My actions say empress reversed. So my word temperance um, is here represented as a tiger diving into ocean waves. And there's some clouds behind that. So it would suggest that my words seek balance. My words seek peace. My words seek integration. My words, um, I'm trying to win people over into a, a sense of patience, pluralism, and live and let live. And thinking back on that first card, sort of um, that coming out of the tunnel of, of darkness, trying to use words to pacify. But for me, and I'll, I'll talk about them as a parent, and maybe you guys can dive in. The My actions say that Empress Reverse that suggests to me that even though our words are saying we're ready for peace, we're ready for integration, we're ready for healing, we're ready to move on to something greater, that we're not actually, well, our actions say that we're not ready. We're not really communicating that. The things that we're doing say that we want to remain in the past. To me, that okay. To me, I tend to think of reversals as something not being expressed. To me, so the the empress is sort of not being allowed to express that nurturing side, that giving birth to the new self. That that is more that smothering mother, who is the, the devouring mother. That's saying that um, my actions are saying, I want to get caught, I want to stay in the drama. I want to stay in a sense of, of, of what happened and not move on from it. I would, I would, there, there's, there's a definite dichotomy for me between 
temperance words saying that we're looking for can we all just get along and then the actions suggesting that in fact we want to remain in pain Bill well, I was just thinking about how sometimes uh, people think of the empress reversed as being that uh, domineering mother where you never feel like you're quite good enough. Um, and, and so, whereas on the, my, uh, the words are saying, um, you know, finding this balance, finding this, this um, place of equanimity, um, the, the action saying, you're not good enough, I'm, I'm closed off, um, this, isn't, um, this isn't a good thing. Yeah, it'd be like somebody saying, no, really, you're doing a great job on that project. You know, I think that you're really contributing, and I think that the work you're doing is, is really good quality. Uh, but why don't you just give that to me, and I'll just go ahead and do this part for you, you know, <laughs> as if it's like, well, you know, so my words are saying you're doing a great job, right. but my actions are saying give that to me because I can probably do it better. Right. Um, and I tend to think of the temperance card as a card of integration. So there's a sense that the words are saying you know, I want to be a part of this, I want to help, I want to be part of this flow, I want to help be one of the, you know, necessary elements and ingredients that helps it all come together and play my part. And the reverse Empress card says, yeah, but really what I want is, what am I going to get out of this? But I don't want to have to give anything in order to get it. Mm-hmm. That reminds me of some internet conversations that are happening at the moment, <laughs> um, which I kind of was thinking of with the star card having those multitudes. And I think that there's sort of there's a lot of dynamic, dramatic internet battles in different various communities going on right now, and there seem to be like words of wanting to soothe but not change. That makes any sense. Like, mm-hmm. let's not worry yeah. about this, but allow me to remain in a state of of um, denial. And well, I think something you said about the star card when you said the image looks, you know, like a sense of she's rising above the multitude. So there's that mm-hmm. sense of rising above the situation, like taking the high road, mm-hmm. you know, or rising above. And with the words and action cards, there's a sense of I'm giving lip service to saying that mm-hmm. I'm taking the high road. And yet what I'm actually doing is I'm getting right down there in the mud and I'm rolling around and wrestling with people and stirring things up. So it's not really following through on birthing into being. It's funny because I was just in the a webinar today, and we were talking about this because uh, we are talking about ancient Egypt, a lot of the creation stories, and there was this idea of our thought forms become manifest through our words, and so you think something, you speak something, and then it becomes real, and that's how the world was created in some of the Egyptian stories. And here it's as if saying, I'm speaking what I want to come into existence, but I'm doing nothing about it, or I'm just speaking hollow words because that's not really what I want to see. And then I'm turning around and complaining about the reality that's coming from what it is that I brought into being in the first place. So this month, look at the dichotomy between what you're, where, where, what you're saying you want and uh, what you're doing to get in your own way, achieving that very thing. Yeah. Are you, are you saying, wow, you look so pretty, mm-hmm. but your actions are putting new makeup on them because you think that the way they did their makeup wasn't right? It was a lovely dress. How'd you buy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Backhanded compliment, which I've never used. Um, the last one, or the last pairing, came from Explore Action. So that's, that's the group, you know, how do people perceive us. When you're help. interacting with others in the world yes. in some way. But this is, this is just for you, listener. Only you. Everyone else is getting something else right now. Um, in this time, remember the reverse nine of wands. And in this time, forget, in this situation, forget the Knight of Swords. Okay, so to me, it's kind of almost like this, like the reverse this being the thing you, you do, and this upright this one being the thing you don't do, it's kind of the same thing. To me, the Nine of Wands has a very strong sense of defensiveness, and we have a second tiger in the reading. Here we have a, a lovely woman, another redhead. There's actually three redheads in three. Um, re, um, riding this sort of tiger that is snarling and rearing and looks like it's about to chew the throat out of a gay magician. And what's that? Um, the nine of uh, the nine of swords to me is about defensiveness and right, kind of rearing for a fight or a sort of crescendo of when you're what you're passionate about is almost about to be manifest. How important 
that is to see it through. And if that's the thing to remember is the reversal of that, it suggests to me now is the time to let go of defensiveness. Now is the time to let go of this need to have things your way. And for me, the thing to let go of, sorry, that was the thing to remember, but it's to remember letting go. <laughs> um, like, oh, the Knight of Swords, um, sometimes I find Knights of Swords to be intellectually masturbatory. They like to roll around in the idea of the thing. They like to pick away at logical fallacies rather than engage within something. So um, I feel like, uh, to kind of draw back to the, the beginning with the star, with this, there's, um, and Things you mentioned, I see about us going through some turbulent times astrologically and in the world. That uh, when there's difficult times, our sense of self important to us is really cling to. Um, and I think that with a reverse nine of wands and the knight of swords being the things we keep and let go of, it's sort of a double message of um, not to be so staunch in our defense of our ideals that we don't let people in and don't let any people integrate, like you mentioned with the temperance card, and to not get carried away with intellectual problems. Yes, absolutely. What would you um, what others Well, <clears throat> the term that I use, you said the sort of intellectual masturbation, I think a, I, I tend to use the term mind-fucking. And, it's and a very PG-13 episode, which I'll remember the story for. I think of that as something where you're just going over and over and, and you're just making yourself crazy. And so it's saying, you know, Forget about that. This is not healthy. It's not good. Um, you know, let go. This is something you just really need to let go. And you could accept food frozen. It's funny how that might seem like some good common sense advice, and yet at the same time, as human beings, we're so easily prone to mind fucking that sometimes we just need to be tapped on the shoulder say, you know what, you're doing it again. Let it go. So I tend to think of the nine of wands. One thing that I think of is they very often, any of the nines to, is about patterns and cycles and habits and tendencies that we fall into. But especially the nine of wands seems to be where we are starkly brought face to face with the patterns we fall into and the reversal of it can often indicate that we need to pay attention to this pattern and the fact that this pattern no longer works or in the past has led to complications and problems. And so it's asking us to remember when we have gone down this road in the past and how it has ended up, probably in a way that has completely exhausted us, drained us, and not for the best, so that we can see if we are doing that again and then finding ourselves moving towards wondering why this is happening to us again. Which if you hear the phrasing, that's usually what will happen is we say, why is this happening to us? As if somehow... Once again, I am the oppressed victim in the situation. <laughs> and it's all because fired. these people acted this way or these people said this or mm-hmm. somebody promised this and didn't follow through. And yet we go back to that temperance card and it says, but the words we were using was telling someone, well, that's okay. You know, if, if that's what you're promising to do, then that's okay. That's what I'm going to accept from you. That's what you can do. And of course, our actions uh, are with the reverse temperance card. We're saying, it wasn't really okay, <laughs> but we kept reassuring them that it was. Like in my example, I kept telling the person, oh, you're doing a great job. It's good quality. Now, of course, we go in for the final review, and most of the stuff that's problematic and has to be redone are things that they were doing. And then I turn around to somebody, I'm like, yeah, well, I knew that they were really not doing a good job, but I just didn't want to tell them that. You know, So our actions, again, were not matching um, the words. So the Nine of Wands reverse says, and you've done this before. And it always creates extra work or extra problems or extra critique. And so why are we allowing ourselves to fall into this pattern again rather than recognizing it? And the Knight of Swords, you know, what we need to forget is I think Knight of Swords really tries to force the point. (laughs) They try to say, I'm going to show you that I'm right no matter what, because if I 
poke you enough, <laughs> you will just get so tired of me poking you that you will say, okay, fine, you win, whatever, you know, and, and let me get away with it. And what this is asking us is to forget trying to fight so hard to be right or to make the situation go the way we want it to or to prove a point, but instead to back off on the fighting. And that can also be internal because we can be fighting our own sense of, I know this hasn't gone well before, but then we allow ourselves to fall back into it again. And the Knight of Swords says, forget <laughs> allowing yourself to go down that path because the, the Knight of Swords tends to rush in without thinking. And so here we need to be much more conscious and conscientious and aware of those patterns, act and speak with more deliberate thought rather than rushing in, not thinking about what we're saying or doing, and then after the fact having to pick up the pieces again. If I, looking back at this whole spread, the theme I come back to, especially looking at that star, is that survival mode. It's okay to not be living in survival mode. Because think of the star coming after the tower, and it's like that time for healing after calamity. And if people have been living in survival mode, they can hold on to ideas that they think protect them. And they can be holding on to ways of being and patterns that we discussed that they think they need when looking at Any final thoughts from you, Bill? Or do you feel we've... We've wrapped it up for them yeah. in a nice little bow. For the I think month. that was a really nice job. Uh, that was uh, some interesting stuff. Love it. Very cool. So that's the dynamic spread deck in action. This is creating a, a spread we never really would have thought of on our own for you. That's but only you. Just be <laughs> listening. Everyone else got a cat video. And if it piques your interest okay. and curiosity, you can find the dynamic spreads deck at dynamicspreads.com. Uh, and you can also come and experience it at a workshop with Bill at the Bay Area Tarot Symposium, a.k.a. BATS, in August. Just go to dodivination.com for more information about that. Yes, and even if you don't come for this particular workshop, uh, please do check out their website. Um, I think you would love it. So stay tuned, and we will be back. Divination with a queer twist. Divination with a queer twist. The Amethyst Oracle. Thank you for joining us. This program was brought to you by Firefly Willows L-I-V-E. We hope you enjoyed the show. This is Deb Carousella. Please join us next time on Firefly Willows L-I-V-E for Convergence with John Carousella. Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m.